Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, we're business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses and the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, in fact, our average listener is all four of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to head on over to iTunes, where every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Simply do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the big button in the sidebar of our website to find our iTunes channel. Be sure to subscribe. Fresh content is added every single week, and we have nearly 200 episodes on a variety of topics relevant to business creators just like you. All right, so the big thing we have to deal with today is content marketing. It can be a pain sometimes to write those blog posts, do that social media stuff, and all that communication that goes along with the website conversion conversation, that process of building know, like, and trust with your prospects, customers, followers, and fans. And fortunately, we have somebody here who's going to help us blast past the the whole thing and get you to a place where you're going to be smooth sailing when it comes to your content marketing. And some of you are thinking, oh, Adam just said smooth sailing. That must mean he got Lindsay Phillips. And, yep, they would be absolutely right. So, Lindsay, welcome aboard. Well, thank you, Adam. It's, um, yeah, fun to chat with you. I love connecting with you. Boy, I had to I had to hunt you down. I mean, you're so busy with all these things you're doing, uh, just uh, getting you to uh, take an hour out of your time and come slum with us on the Business Creators Radio Show. I've got to say it's quite an honor. <laughs> all right. Well, I would do anything for a fellow cat lover. You know that. And entrepreneur. Absolutely. Absolutely. Entrepreneur. So uh, let me just give people the official version. Lindsay Phillips is a serial entrepreneur, self-professed organizational freak. And let me tell you, that's true. Client-appointed taskmaster. Yeah, that's definitely true. Plus project ninja and warrior content marketer for life and business coaches. Yep, that's true. Accountants and other online entrepreneurs across the globe. As a CEO and founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, she leads a rock star team to support entrepreneurs who are seeking fast-paced business growth, but finally have come to the realization that they can't do it alone, do it all, and do it well. She's also the host of Sailing to Success podcast and Smooth Sailing Online Support TV and loves sharing practical tips, business building, and content marketing strategies so that you can be more productive and attract more customers faster. Uh, she's been featured on Business Innovator Radio, your partner in Success Radio, where we've been a number of times, 12-Minute mm-hmm. Combos, the Business Creators Radio Show, and more. Uh, you can visit her website at, she'll tell you what it is at the end of the show, but you've got to hang in there and listen to what we have to say <laughs> about content marketing. So did I do a good job? That was awesome. <laughs> All right. You made me sound Here's good. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I wonder if I'm even worthy to be on the show with you. you you're so elevated. So uh, what we like to do here, what we like to do here, and I already know this, but our listeners are just mm-hmm. about to hear it, is in addition to reading off the official biography and credentials of our guests, we like to ask them to just take a moment and tell us a little bit more about 
the exciting personal journey that they went through that brought them to the intersection of brilliance and passion serving business creators just like our listeners. And if you could tell us yours. You say that so well. Um, yeah, I mean, it all started for me when I, I've had my own business years ago um, when I lived out west. And then once I moved out here, you know, had a young family, um, it, just everything changed. And uh, I moved out to uh, good old Port Perry here. And I was working part-time making, you know, 11 to $14 an hour at a part-time job. I wanted to stay home with my kids more. Um, but it was just like, I'm like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way I can work from home, um, be here for my kids, uh, be my own boss, make my own schedule. Um, you know, all those good things that as entrepreneurs love to have our freedom, right? And potential yep. to make more money. Um, so I just come hell or high water, I figured it out and, you know, through some great connections and starting to work online, um, eventually I was, you know, doing my part-time job and doing some, uh, things working from home online and I was just burning the candles at both ends and I'm like, uh, you either go big or you go home. So I quit my part-time job and, um, as soon as I did that, I have not looked back. And then after finally joining, um, you know, mastermind program and having a business coach, which was, you know, a big step in investment and kind of scary. Um, but again, I, you know, went from making 14 bucks an hour to having a six figure business and having a team of 10 under me. So it's, it's been an awesome journey. And I, again, have never looked back. Wow. And, you know, I've, I've been witness to bits and pieces of the story. I remember when you first, uh, showed up on my radar screen, it was still at that point we were doing the part-time job and the yeah. part-time business and what have you. And, uh, I can't remember the exact time or like the day or the month or whatever it was, but I do remember when you announced that you were quitting your job and you were going to do this thing full time. And it reminded me of that beautiful day, uh, the first Thursday of August, 2005, when I gave my notice to the man, oh, I know, scary but good, right? Yeah. Uh huh. I still remember. I still remember leaving the office for the last time, Friday, September second, two thousand five, driving out of there and thinking, oh, I'm gonna miss this knot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, as you can see, as you can see from the timeline, I gave, I was so professional, I even gave a four-week notice. Wow. But I gave a four-week notice because I just wanted to be a good guy. And, yeah. uh, I And my supervisor tried as best as he could to keep the information under wraps because I really didn't want it to be known until the very last minute because I didn't want to deal with a month of just static. Uh, he managed to do that for two weeks until it was inevitable that it became news because it showed up in some sort of routine IT department meeting that I was on a list of people whose internet act or whose uh, company VPN access was to be cut off at the end of the month because I was leaving. So it was <laughs> inevitable. But uh, yeah, and, and I remember people saying, oh, we're, we're going to miss you so much and make sure to stop by and keep in touch. And, you know, I'd quit job. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was there, there was one person that uh, said, you're not really going to miss this place, are you? And I said, yeah, I'll miss some of the people, especially the ones I play poker with. But you know, as far mm. as missing this place, I already don't. No. <laughs> I know. And, and it's funny. Like, don't people – I find people are like, you work from home? Like, how do you get anything done? And 
I'd be doing laundry all the time or don't you feel like lonely like you're you know at home by yourself and you're not with people I'm like hell's no it's like I am so focused on what I do I barely I sometimes you know forget to get up to eat or and yeah. it's like I'm talking to great people like you with podcasts like you know have phone conversations with clients my teammates it's like I yeah I love 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 it I cannot have my life any other way <laughs> I'm hooked yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, you know, I, I go through the same thing sometimes where I forget to do stuff because I'm so focused on this thing. And uh, I've taken steps to optimize my environment. For instance, uh, anybody who knocks on my door knows that I'm not going to answer it. I've even told the people at the management office for the community, if you need to come in here, leave a note on the door the day before because you show up and knocking, I'm not going to be mm. answering and even if you need yeah. to come up, you have my phone number on file, uh, give me a ring and let me know you need to come up. I mean, that's how far I take it. Um, anybody who attempts to have a package shipped here, I ship it right back because they should have known better. Uh, I have all my mail delivered to a place off-site. That's how far I go with respect to not being interrupted. Uh, this other place I used to live years and years and years ago uh, before I moved to beautiful, sunny Las Vegas, I uh, lived in this building where there were 16 apartment units. Uh, I was the only one there during the day because everybody else had nine-to-five jobs. Mm. The UPS guy figured this out, and he said, hey, you know what? I think from now on I'm just going to ring you when I have packages. And I, I said, no, you're so. not. <laughs> no, you're not. And, I, and, and, and I'm not sure exactly what conversation his supervisor had with him no, you know, since I called them immediately after that interaction, but he never mentioned that to me again. Uh, no, it's because we value our time. Yeah. The only way we're going to get now, stuff done. Exactly. Now our listeners are tuned in saying, when do we get to the part about content marketing? You know what's <laughs> fun is that uh, we have just done a little bit of content marketing. Uh, and part of that has to do with storytelling. So here Lindsay and I are, we're telling some stories about our experiences working from home offices. And this is content that can be used in marketing. So we could be talking about how to become a uh, you know, how to become a functional entrepreneur, how to succeed um, in starting your own business. And these are some of the issues that go into that and some of the stories from people who have blazed the trail that can be mm -hmm. inspirational to those who want to follow. But let's define our terms. What is content marketing? Content marketing is any information or I call it a piece of value that you're giving away to people. So, I mean, there's so many different mediums, right? There's Everyone thinks of blogs automatically when they think content marketing, of course. And that is an article giving information away, some sense of knowledge that provides value to your audience. So that kind of extends to, you know, giving podcasts and talking about your area of expertise or answering questions or live on Facebook, social media, uh, clearly, um, email marketing, videos, um, all, even lead magnets, webinars. I mean, there's so many different tools and platforms for content marketing, but the bottom line is that you're giving someone information that they value that they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, so how does this content marketing stuff attract new clients? So, And that's a great question, because and I still get it today. People, I actually had a client um, that I had for a couple months, 
and he said two things. One was um, he was a, being a guest on people's podcast shows, and he did four episodes, and then he quit. He's like, well, I'm not getting any ROI. And then he was also, you know, doing some blogs and stuff like that and pushing it out on social media after, you know, a few months and says, um, you know, I haven't gotten any sales from it. And that is such a huge misnomer is that it's like if you put out a social media post that that person's going to call you and like, you know, buy the biggest product you have right off the cuff. It just doesn't work that way. It's a long, it's a long game, right? It's a long-term investment. And it's, I mean, everyone's heard the analogy of like, you know, you can't just go up someone that you don't know and ask them on a date and then the next day ask them to marry you. Um, you need to attract their attention and that's what the, um, you know, social media posts do, beautiful graphics, a topic that, um, you know, entices them, you know, uh, going after one of their pain points or something that they're struggling with. Um, a webinar topic that they're like, oh, I so want to know that. I, I know that will help me grow my business or I know that will help me lose weight or whatever it may be. It, these topics and these pieces of content that you put out there, it has to attract them first of all so that you're attracting new leads. And you want people obviously to engage in your social media, to follow you, but of course um, get into your e-list so that they are sort of pulled into your sales funnel, if you will. So that's where the attraction part comes in. And then getting them from there to a client, I mean, it's all about relationship building, right? Showing that you're an expertise in, in the field that you have, showing them that you can help them solve whatever problem it is that you have. Um, they get to know you, you know, not just your services, but you as a person, I mean, everyone wants to hire people and work with people that they like and that they trust. Yep. So it's it's all kind of part and parcel, right? You you want to hook them, but you, you want to nurture them. You want to engage with them. You want to get to know them. You want to build that relationship. And the more you do that through content marketing, which, again, it's not going to happen overnight, um, then the – the more likely they are, and there's obviously more strategies and techniques involved, especially with sales funnels, but the more likely they are going to buy from you or join your program or whatever it may be. Right. And that's very true. Uh, you know, uh, particularly for listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show and the type of folks who tend to tune in every week, we find that they, a lot of the services and offerings that they have or the type that you naturally would close as a result of a phone conversation. And mm -hmm. uh, this is and this is where technology comes in, which is something that you and I uh, both understand, how to use your Internet marketing technology to optimize your business. And uh, I was working with somebody who said, well, what? I don't really want people calling me all the time. I don't want my phone ringing off the hook. I don't want these unsolicited calls. I said, okay, all you need is this thing called a scheduler. And then you say, my days to do discovery sessions will be Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to 3. So they have to go and book within that range. And the next objection was, well, what if I have a speaking engagement that Tuesday? Well, that Tuesday you block it off. So there's mm -hmm. always a way around it. And the goal of content marketing, uh, at least one of the goals as I see it, is to get people to the point where they are saying, yeah, I would love to speak with you more. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, yeah, what I find is, uh, you know, what I find is 
it does take a while for that to happen, which is why content marketing is so important. I've seen a number of studies, and one of the ones I like the most is a study that was conducted a few years ago. I believe it was Ben Glass who created it, mm-hmm. and it showed that from the time, from the moment somebody opts into your mailing list or becomes your social media friend, fan, or follower, it you know from that moment it can take an average of nine months. So they get totally. to the point where they raise their hand and ask to be called on in class. That's not nine months until they're ready for, to hire you. But that's nine months until they have a question or, or say something or do something other than like one of your posts, uh, where it actually becomes a conversation for the very first time. And that's an average. Sometimes it takes oh, nine absolutely. minutes. Oh, absolutely. three years. We just had um, with one of my clients, in fact, uh, Lindsay, it's a client that you and I both share. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently had a person join his top-level monthly program for one of the services he renders. I think you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And this person had been on his mailing list for seven years. In fact, when they placed the order. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, in fact, when they placed the order, they said, thanks for sending me the emails for the past seven years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we went and traced their order history and found out that like six years ago they bought one of his books for twenty bucks. Uh, and you know, writing books—that's also a part of content marketing because it's content you put yeah, out that's true. in the marketplace. Yep. But, but really, I mean, I mean, I buy lots of books. I mean, I have a stack of books uh, on one side of my desk uh, that are my upcoming reading list that's almost as high as my monitor at this point because I'm always oh good, it's not just me like then. <laughs> I just stack up the queue, so I have the. The new books coming in, and then I have the books that are on my list that I recycle every year because they're the books that I think of as being uh, the most important to what I'm doing. So I reread them every mm-hmm. year for a higher level of understanding based on the yes. place I am now. Which is another thing about content marketing is one person may read it and get one thing out of it, and another person yeah. may read something and get something else out of it. And uh, if it, and if it feels like you're starting to repeat yourself. Sometimes that's okay because the person oh, yeah. reading it even recognize that you've said that before, but it'll mean something else to them now based on a change in their situation. So think about that. That's, that's your, a good point. Your, your, yeah, your prospects are not monoliths. They're ever-changing, dynamic mm-hmm. beings. And with, if they read something you wrote six months ago versus reading it now, it may have a different meaning to them. And the meaning it has now may lead to them saying, Hey, I want to work with this person and take the next steps. So that's totally. what we have to and, bear in mind. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, and some people they sort of forget that they can recycle content. So if you have blogs, um, you can ter- change that topic and create a video out of it, or create your own podcast episode out of it. Um, some people will be like, oh, but they're gonna know that it's already been on there. Like they're not gonna know. And plus, some people like, I love to read stuff, and some people love to watch videos, and some people like to listen to podcasts. So you've got different people in different mediums, if you will, um, and you want to attract them all. So if you have written a blog or you, you know, bought a blog, whatever it may be, you can recycle that, like, in so many different ways. You can pull bits out of it to create social media posts, text graphics. Um, So the more you can leverage one piece of content, the better. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's in some ways it's easier than you thought. Um, you don't have to reveal what the outcome of this was, but I remember several months ago, Linda, you were approached to contribute a chapter to a book. I don't know if you actually went through with it or not, and it's no. not the topic of this conversation. But what I remember is uh, the I remember that they were asking for a chapter up to thirty five hundred words, 
and you got a lot of advice saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I was that guy that jumped into the conversation in the mastermind we both belong to. And I said, maybe you should. It's only 500 bucks, and you'll probably get a client out of it. And then I went to your blog, and I found seven articles, did a word count, and found that just off seven, seven average blog posts, you're at about 3,300 words. So my question was, can you write seven blog posts? Then you can continue yeah, exactly. the chapter. Whether or not you that did is it true. is not the topic here. <laughs> but my point being, but my point being is very simply is you could be literally writing books with what you're doing with content marketing yeah. without going through the process of saying, "Hey, I got to sit down and I got to write this book now." I know, and I think people think it's so much more overwhelming than it really is. Um, and I mean, obviously, because this is what I do, but. You know, some of my clients, they take one week, they record four videos, they record four podcasts. I get blogs written on those topics. That's all they do. I do the rest, set them all up, promote them, you know, emails. Yeah. The whole. So all they have to do is that little tiny portion once a month and then approve, you know, the drafts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the nitty-gritty of it is easy to outsource. Wow. Yeah, we're and in the second half here, we're going to talk about uh, the difference between a content marketing expert and a VA or a virtual mm, assistant. But before we, before we get to that, mm -hmm. uh, what are, in your expertise, some of the best strategies for implementing content marketing? The first thing is to not feel stuck. I've even talked to, you know, a couple of prospects, and it's like, here are all the options. And I, you know, talk a mile a minute because I'm excited about the topic. And then they're like, oh, my God, their head spins just thinking about it. i got to write a blog, and then there's videos, and then there's emails and social media. I don't have time for all that. So they freak out. And then it's like, okay, you know, it's not – it can seem overwhelming, but not if you have a strategy. It's like, okay, you've got your social media platforms. The key there is to at least be consistent with what you're posting, you know, start with a blog and a video, even if it's two blogs a month and two videos a month to start. And then you can, you know, go once you kind of get in a rhythm and a routine, then you can do once a week of each. And then maybe later on, you want to delve into podcasts, but you have to start somewhere so that your website is all, always being updated. You're always providing value for people. You're reaching more people on social media. And promoting that, and again, pulling little snippets and little uh, snackable bites from your content to create other social media posts. As long as you're you're getting something out there and you're being consistent, and, and that can be your starting place, and then you can pull other elements. You can create a lead magnet a couple of months later, create a sales funnel for that. Um, so don't feel that you have to do it all at once. Um, I mean, some people, you know, one of my clients is like, I want to do everything now <laughs> and like go uh, gangbusters. I, I, I know, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we've, we've shared, we've shared that client too. Uh, fantastic individual and man, yeah. his energy. When I watch, when I watch oh my God. Videos, these crazy videos, it's like, I feel myself involuntarily moving closer to the screen. That's how magnetic <laughs> he is. And he's not even. He, he doesn't even do anything for my industry, but just some of the stuff that he shares, which is another yeah. point that uh, you know, he has a specific niche that he's supposed to serve, but his message is so well-crafted mm -hmm. that anybody can watch a few of his videos or, or listen to a few of his podcasts and get all kinds of great information and value from it. 
Exactly. So you can like start off small or you can, I mean, it depends on your budget. It depends on what your plan is. The key thing I think is a, you, you have to start somewhere. And as long as you have a strategy and what your plan is for the next year and you can map it out, then it, it can easily be done. And obviously, you know, with our support. Um, and then also right. is that you, that you actually have a strategy. I mean, you can't just throw content, you know, up on the wall, so to speak, and hope for the best. It's like, you know, what happens when they say yes to the lead magnet and come into your emails? I mean, you have to nurture right. them. You have to guide them to what the nat 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 next natural step is. Um, you know, and the other thing that's kind of the precursor to the whole content marketing and sales funnels is do you even have a plan of what your product ladder is or your ascension ladder? Um, I mean, if you don't have – you can't really go from a lead magnet – to, you know, a $7,000 item, you need to have some products that kind of guide them along from from free to, to big. Um, but that's a whole other conversation, of course. <laughs> well, it, cer it, cer it certainly is. And I was going to say earlier, uh, you can go up to somebody and ask them to marry you on the first date. However, mm -hmm. I would be very wary of the person who says yes. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's I, all I mean, these things that, yeah, I know. And it, But it's amazing yeah. how many people do that. They don't, you know, they think just if I put out promo emails that it's going to stick and they're going to say, yes, there are going to be some that do. Don't get me wrong. But the proven way is to kind of lead them through a specific sales funnel to get them from the lead magnet to the small tripwire, to the info product, to the course, to the big ticket item. Um, you need to build that relationship. You need to you know, put them on the right trajectory. Yeah, very true, very true. So uh, what we'd like to do now is, uh, this, this is going so fast, I hope we can get it on within an hour. Uh, I love these <laughs> interviews when they're fast-paced like this. Uh, a lot of folks will come to me, actually, before we go, there's something else I want to uh, say, because uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about the difference between a content marketing expert and mm -hmm. a virtual assistant and where people need to clarify their terms a little bit better so they understand what's coming up. Uh, but I have mentioned several times on this show that if anyone ever, 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 ever sees a video of me somewhere where I'm walking down the street while holding the phone to, up to my face, they are invited to walk up to me and put a bullet between my eyes. That's how much I am not going to ever, ever, ever do that because I find it weird and, uh, for me personally, undignified. Now, I know, I know a number of people, including some friends of mine, who are absolutely killing it with that strategy. To me, I would rather be killed than engage in that strategy. So is it okay <laughs> that we don't all do everything just because uh, somebody says, well, you have to do this in order to yeah. engage your audience? Um, so, we, so what we want to be clear is you don't have to do something just because no. somebody else is doing it. Thank you. And that is so true. And it, it it's that knee-jerk reaction, right? And it's like, you know, the shiny object syndrome, whatever. I mean, even, you know, Mike being in a specific niche, he's like, oh, everyone's on Snapchat and, you know, let, <laughs> let's get on there. And I'm like, Mike, I'm like, your audience is on Facebook and LinkedIn. They're not even on Twitter. Like, they don't even know what freaking Snapchat is. And then it's like, you right. know, it seems like a great idea, but let's pour more money into, like, videos where you know people are watching instead of in Snapchat where 
your audience is not. The key there is being strategic with what you do. Do what you love as well. Like I, I still am not on Facebook Live, and I know people wag their fingers at me probably, but it's just not uh-huh. my comfort zone. I do videos, and I do podcasts, and I do what I'm comfortable with and what I love to do. Um, and then also it's like where is your audience? Where is your, your ideal client? Where are they hanging out? What are they watching? Are they listening? Are they in YouTube? Are they LinkedIn? You have to invest the money into where they are. Yeah, like for me, for instance, uh, LinkedIn and Facebook in that order are the two networks that I really mm-hmm. care about. Uh, LinkedIn is where I do almost all my business conversation, where almost all the new clients and leads come from. Uh, Facebook is where I go to uh, nurture my relationships with people I already know and uh, yeah. watch cat videos. And I, and I pretty much come <laughs> out and say that's what, I'm, that's what I'm there for. And the funny thing is when I post stuff about my cats, I get so much more engagement. Uh, than I know, when right? I, uh, then, then when I try and post business stuff, which gets basically nothing, because uh, I guess my people are just not on the blue book uh, to do business in that same way, which is why I focus so much on LinkedIn, where you know there are no cat yeah. videos, and if you're and if you're post, yeah, and if you're posting all kinds of political stuff, you really look like a moron, even more than you do if you do it on Facebook personally. But uh, but yeah, I mean, really, if you're on LinkedIn, I mean, you're supposed to be there to be talking business. So. Uh, I love having my business conversation there, and I, it's like I can bar- I can barely flip a page here without another lead coming in uh, because of the way I handle my content marketing strategy there. So there's also, uh, you know, leading off your point, different strategies you'll pursue depending on what the platform is. I yeah. just feel that I one is very much a business networking platform, and one. And another is more of a personal networking platform for people that I know on a more personal level. Um, you look at mm-hmm. my personal Facebook, there's nowhere anywhere near 5,000 friends. And I'm absolutely not even remotely interested in any strategy to, quote, unquote, get more friends. Uh, believe me, uh, I pride myself on actually knowing where all my friends came from, all 1,100 or however many there are. It's, you know, it's a pretty small number, and that's the way I like it. Uh, so that's just not the type of strategy I'm going to pursue there. And if I were to find myself doing Facebook Lives, I can tell you two things. It's going to be in front of a fixed camera by a desk. None of that will yeah. blown up to your face business that I've already given people permission to wipe me out if I ever try it. But, uh, <laughs> but also, uh, but also it will probably be through one of the business pages, uh, which is yeah. something else you need to consider. So let's define our terms even further because when – I hear uh, people say, uh, you know, people say, you know, I, if I'll ask people, you know, who does your content marketing, they'll say, well, I have a content marketing expert. And I'll say, well, who's that? Well, well, my VA does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, that may or may not be true, as we're going to find out. I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm not saying it is true either. Uh, so what I want to ask you is, what does a VA or a virtual assistant do? And what does a content marketing expert do that's different? So that we can answer the question, is my VA a content marketing expert, I guess? Right. So true. And the term VA, I mean, when I started out in my business, I, you know, niched myself, if you will, as a virtual assistant firm. So I'm not knocking VAs or virtual assisting in general. It's just, and then eventually, you know, I kind of niche down and I'm all about content marketing now, but... VA is 
such a broad term. It's used so loosely, and it can mean different things to different people. So when I get someone that says, oh, I'm looking for a VA, well, that that doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't tell me what your needs are, what you're looking for. I mean, there are VAs that, you know, there are VAs that just do bookkeeping. There are VAs that strictly do web-based work or just lead research. Um, they have very specific skill sets or just very specific services that they offer. Um, there are some VAs that do, like, a little bit of everything. To me, a VA, and, and again, this is personal to me, really, is someone that, you know, checks your emails, gets rid of the spam, forward, you know, kind of manages your inbox, right, or your schedule or um, emailing um, customer service. Um, responses from your system or processing payment things in your, you know, one shopping cart or whatever. Um, that's my perception. Um, and, and all of them have great value. It just depends on what you're looking for. It's, if you need help in those areas, perfect. Find a VA that really knows that thing that you want inside and out. If you're looking for someone to, you know, create a strategy for your content marketing to help publish it, to help implement it and promote it, optimize, check your analytics so that it's following your goals for attracting and acquiring your customers and also following your goals in respects to putting people through the sales funnels and getting, you know, the, the results that you want. That, to me, is you want an expert in that area. I mean, there's so many parts of content marketing, right, that we've kind of touched upon, blogs, videos, podcasts. You want someone that knows those realms inside and out so that you look your best and they're being optimized and you're getting good organic traffic and, and all those things. So that's how kind of I differentiate the term VA and then content marketing expert. Yeah, when somebody when I hear somebody say I need a VA, uh, most of the time uh, I'm dealing with somebody who uh, just paid an inordinate amount of money for a coaching session and have been told that they've been doing everything wrong up until now. So they're looking to lash out in the opposite direction. It's like the old, um, it's like back uh, you know, I, when e-learning first became a thing about ten years ago. There was this very popular cartoon that was going around the training and development community that. Uh, that summarize the challenges uh, of training and development leaders and organizations getting the C-suite to sign off on investing in e-learning. And it shows the, uh, the training and development person making the proposal to the CXO uh, about the need for e-learning, and the CXO sort of scratches their chin for a second and says, oh, uh, our competitor has one? Well, I don't know what this e-learning thing is, too, but if they have one, we're getting mm -hmm. two of them. <laughs> no. So people run out and say, I need a VA. And I know. What happens is, and that, what happens is that then they'll run into um, a poorly positioned VA who, uh, yeah. who claims that they do every single thing under the sun. The fact is, most of your virtual assistants are uh, very broad in terms of their skills. They can do a mm -hmm. lot of things, or they have people in their organization who can do a lot of what your business needs. But I find the most successful ones are the ones that lead with a niche. Some yeah. lead with being content marketing VAs. Some lead with being 
podcast management VAs. Some lead with being email funnel VAs. I mean, it's just it just depends on where you lead with. I mean, but even if you're leading with email marketing, you can still do the content marketing. You can still do the podcast management and all that. And because you led with the niche, you can usually charge more money because the perception of your value in the market yeah. is much higher versus if you're a That's generalist. Teacher. I mean, when I, I, I see some that have these lists of services they do that's like 19, 19 web pages long, and somewhere down there on bullet point number 84, they say they do SEO. But I'm thinking, mm -hmm. number one, number one, if you're still calling it SEO without also mentioning SEM, you're behind the times because search engine marketing is kind of the thing now. Yeah. Um, SEO is an old term, actually. And uh, SEO or SEM is one of those things where you either do it or you don't. It's not like bullet point number 31. That's your specialty or you don't really do it because it's a discipline all in of itself. So to your point, yeah, when a person can identify themselves as a content marketing expert in a way that you've described it, that's how you know that you're dealing with the real deal versus somebody who's just going to take the stuff you write and repost it, which is not to me a strategy at all. No, and that's the other thing too. It's it's. Do you want again? Everyone has different needs, and and if someone's meeting your needs, and that's all great. If you want someone to you know post the social media, post the blogs, post the whatever, and and be a doer, if you will, um, then perfect. You know, you can pick anybody. But if you want someone to give you suggestions and say, hey, you know what, we can tweak this this way and really optimize it, or I found a new tool and we can get more uh, leads into your e-list by using this, or, you know, let's plan on doing this for the next couple of months. Let's let's do this six months later so that you can, you know, X, Y, Z. You want someone that's going to be a part of your team that's going to help push your business forward and help provide you with those strategies, in my eyes. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true because you can't do it all at once, and you need somebody who's going to uh, be able to do some innovation. And mm -hmm. for somebody to feel innovative for your organization, they've got to feel they have a buy-in. So they've got to feel that they have some empowerment to uh, contribute positively to your organization and what you're doing, you know, very important. Uh, they've mm -hmm. got to feel like uh, – you know, they've got to feel like they're valued, and uh, you know this is going to. I'm sorry, it's going to trigger. A, it's going to trigger a small mini rant here, so you're going to have to deal with me for 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, I was, I was on a coaching call once. Uh, this program I used to belong to, and uh -huh. the person running the program gave the following advice. They say, well, if you're giving a lot of business to your VA, what you really need to do is have a conversation with them and say, look, uh, you know, I'm giving you 35 hours a week, which means I'm your biggest client. And because of that, I think I should be getting a discount here. And uh, I quit that program the same day because that is some of the worst advice you could give somebody. So basically what you're saying is in exchange for being three of the four eggs in their basket, you should get less for that. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. If you are, if you are a virtual assistant or you're in anything, you're any type of business creator, and any of your clients is in a position to say, I'm this big number percentage, 40%, 60% of your business, that's where that conversation needs to stop right there. And you got to go and get yourself a couple more clients just for balance right now because 
if somebody owns 40 to 60% of your gross revenue, you're an employee. Get out of that now. Go get more clients now. You have to. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is if you're proposing that we have an open conversation about uh, being that person's primary client and the one who always comes first, uh, you don't say, you understand that, uh, you know, that I come first, plus I should probably get a discount because I'm delivering so much business to you. Actually, if you want to be in that privileged position with somebody else's business, if you want to hire a business creator to help you grow your business, win at the game of business and marketing, and be 40 to 60% of their client load, you actually should pay a premium. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is, sharks swim towards the food. So <laughs> when, they find when they find themselves in cash flow mode, which happens to all of us more than most of us are willing to admit, let's face it, even if your cash flow is big, you're going to have big things. I mean, uh, big money creates big problems, as they say. Uh, when it comes to that point where you've got to quickly tally up money on the board so that you stay ahead of the Joneses, you're naturally going to swim towards the high-revenue, low-effort opportunities. Uh, that person who's getting the discount is going to be the bottom of the barrel no matter what percentage they are because the person gets a greater return on investment somewhere else. So that's how and I people, look at it. Because, you know, yeah. yeah so I was just going to say, and also it's like a respect and appreciation and like having a good relationship with those team. I mean, you're going to work harder for clients or team members or whatever that appreciate you, that where you feel that you can give feedback, that you have a good working relationship. You're going to get so much more back that, you know, it's not even going to matter about the dollar and cents. They're going to work harder and smarter for you. Yeah, that's very, that's very, very true. Um, and uh, when you know, when, and when people feel that way, that uh, that they are deeply appreciated, and they feel that they are valued in the mm-hmm. organization to the point where they have a vested interest in it. Uh, some ways to make sure that they feel they have a vested interest is, and this is particularly if you're dealing with a content marketing expert, um, if they're creating content or taking stuff of yours and turning it into content. You as the business creator, the business owner, cannot bottleneck and insist on personally approving no. everything. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Lindsay, would you let any of your clients put you in a situation where they have to approve everything before it out? We do have approval, but it's like if, if they don't get it back to us in a certain amount of time, we're just going to, you know, push it out there because we don't want to, you know, I understand the position, but it's, you, A, you have to trust us. Um, but yeah. we also have a service that we want to get out there, and your consistent content marketing is, is more important. And you've heard this before. It's better to get things out there in the world than keep it back and make sure it's perfect and it not go out at all. Right. That's, yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, see, here in the United States, uh, we, have, uh, we have embedded in our Constitution, uh, because what you're referring to basically is a veto. So uh, the person has X amount of time to approve or deny the content, but it's assumed mm-hmm. that it's approved if you don't hear from them a certain amount of time. Is that what I'm hearing? 
pretty much. <laughs> that's how it is. That, that, that's how it is in our country. If uh, if Congress sends the president a bill, if the president doesn't sign or veto it within a certain amount of time, it automatically becomes law. It's enshrined in our constitution for that reason, so that uh, the president cannot bottleneck Congress from creating yeah. laws to benefit the American people. It's part of our system of checks and balances. And uh, just like with content marketing, you've got to have those checks and balances. So uh, that may be a way of doing it. Uh, you know, some content marketing experts that I know will uh, absolutely not work with a client to insist on an approval. Uh, now, what I find, if you want to have content marketing people doing great work for you, is particularly in the first two months, you've got to spend time with them. You've got to be giving them feedback, yeah. not... Exactly. They give you something and uh, they say, well, we need this to go out. You don't take a week and then turn around and say, what the hell is going on? Why don't I have any content going out? You've got to be responding to that as a top priority, uh, telling them, yeah, this is good or, you know, this is okay. This is how I would prefer to say it or no, 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 no. Don't ever say that because anybody by my market that sees me saying that is going to know I've hired somebody. No, no, that's not my part of my message. And you spend a good four to six weeks with them, and you'll get them yeah. in the groove of being able to voice you. Uh, that, yeah, you don't look at that as saying, well, I don't have time to train that person. Because you're not tra- – okay, let me be clear on this, because this is another one of my pet peeves. You're not <laughs> training that person. You're not training. No. They don't need – You're training. guiding. What they, need, what they need is you to get into their head so they yeah. can speak through your voice. That's not training. That's – that's no. getting to know somebody at a level that's deeper than many friendships are, where a person can literally speak as another person. Uh, I, I have that talent. Uh, I mean, You're awesome day, at that. I, oh, my God. Thank, well, thank you. Um, from, I mean, from, uh, from – I remember there was this one day uh, – and this is one day, and I remember you making a comment about this. Uh, within the space of one business day – I was a um, I was an internationally recognized pickup artist. Uh, then I was a former cheerleader business coach. Then I was a um, then I was a functional medicine doctor, and then I was a warrior CEO all in one day. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, yeah you're and, very uh, good and, at morphing different types, like and hearing their voice and knowing their message and knowing their audience, and yeah. it's a gift. Not everyone yeah, can do and, that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when you're bringing somebody on to do your content marketing, you've mm-hmm. got to give them the space to get to know your material. So you've got to yeah. show them where your blog posts are. You've got to give them copies of your materials. You've got to spend time having conversations with them just so they get to know your mannerisms and how you would typically respond to things. And you've got to give that fast, accurate, and helpful feedback as patiently as they need you to, especially in that first month. And then after you go through that, you're going to find that having somebody on your team to manage your content marketing is going to be a huge piece of your business because you can be having entire conversations with prospects that you don't even have to be involved in until you get on the phone with the person, but you can jump right on the phone like your old friends. Yep, exactly. And that's so true. People don't realize how much work it is in the first couple of months to to go through all those processes and the proofing and the you know tweaking and making sure you're getting the message. But once that's done and you're, you know, something just clicks and then you you get it. Um, And honestly, it's like clients for me that are a big bottleneck in their business and they're not allowing me and my team to get things done and be efficient and do the best job that we can for them, then it's not a good match for me. 
Um, right. I just it doesn't work. Right, right. Like, uh, like I will, uh, I will indulge the game for a relatively short period of time. But yeah. You get to the point where it's like, uh, well, I mean, because on a limited basis for some of my top private clients, I do some of this content marketing stuff and voicing them and things like that. It's not something I advertise, and it's something mm-hmm. I cherry pick. So it's more like by invitation than by you can just hire me off the chance and to do it because I get very deeply involved when I do, as you've seen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I put a lot, I put a lot into that, and uh, and you have to be aware that if you have little things about your marketing uh, that you cannot have go out, you got to take the time to patiently let people know. Um, like yeah. there was this one time I had somebody managing some of my content marketing. You know, I, I hire people to do it too, and they put this post inside a LinkedIn discussion group that was a response to somebody's question, and in my response. They had me copy pasting testimonials from my clients, and then ending my and then ending my answer with. Uh, and by the way, uh, all you need to do is contact uh, uh, Tracy at our office to schedule a free consultation. And then they called me on the telephone to make sure I was aware that they had just posted that and wanted me to see their work. And by this time, I'd already gotten the alert that I had posted on LinkedIn, so I went to check it out. And I answered the phone because I knew what they wanted. I said, yeah, I saw what you posted. Yeah, I saw what you posted, and I deleted it before you got me swammed. Because, first of all, that is, like, that is wrong. And second, you just did, like, five things that I tell people never to do. Make sure to check with me before you, you, know, you, you go off yeah. the edge. You think it's brilliant. Uh, and, 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 yeah, and, and, and it was my responsibility to take the time to let them know that, mm, uh, exactly. that everything – Everything that they did about that was wrong, and here are the reasons why. Because it directly you lay down the ground rules. Exactly, and 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 I didn't think of it. It wasn't me being mad or anything. It was me yeah. recognizing I needed time to impress upon them. Uh, like, yeah. if you ever saw anything coming out from me uh, talking about getting more traffic to your website, you know that wasn't me because I say the last thing you need in your business or life is traffic to your website. In fact, if you have it, you should throw it out because you're wasting your time. Uh, so if I come out saying, yes, and here are five strategies for getting more traffic to your website, well, I should have caught that one. So I have content marketing going on on my behalf, and I'm a subscriber to it, and I read all of it. Yeah. And uh, and then there was another case. Uh, this is somebody that you and I both know where um, I had uh, written something in their name, and I used the word Catterday. And this guy, and this guy, and this guy pointed guy pointed out to me in front of an audience, you know, we had a good laugh about it. He said, this guy is great. And he was even admitting to a bunch of people that he hires other people to write a lot of his stuff. And he said, I, I, I have the best people working for me, but I got to say this one time, this guy over here used the word Catterday. And I said, don't no. use the word Catterday. I would never write Catterday. And everybody <laughs> would laugh. Because here's the thing. We all know. That's hilarious. We all know. Uh, we all know that the best among us hire other people to voice us. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and what I'm, what I'm hoping our listeners are getting is just some of the, and, you know, we're talking about this in sort of an anecdotal storytelling sort of way to let you know what goes into creating mm-hmm. an effective relationship with a content marketing expert. So we're telling these war stories and having a good time and laughing about it. But these are exactly the things that are going to come up. And if you're yeah. afraid 
of hiring a content marketing expert or you have trepidation about letting somebody voice you, what we've just done is shown you is that, uh, yeah, one or two things are going to go sideways, but don't worry about it because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really nothing in the grand scheme. And when you take these very simple steps, which is, you know, take the time to get into their head, uh, give prompt feedback and have a mm-hmm. veto system in place where where uh, once we send the legislation up, if you don't sign it within a certain amount of time, it automatically becomes law unless you veto it. Uh, you put those three things in place and you're going to have a great content marketing system working for you with an expert that uh, makes it happen. There you go. So that, that, that was exciting. <laughs> I know. I remember seeing my feed one day or like I was just like, you know, looking on Facebook or whatever. I'm like, ooh, that's a nice post. And I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm like, yay, team. <laughs> you've got, I'm excited. You've got, I've got my own that, post. You've had that What's one that? happen to you, huh? Because uh, that's happened to me once or twice or well, as well when I realized I was reading my own stuff. It's like it's like the joke, it's like the joke about me. It's like the joke about the internet marketer that tries to buy a domain and gets so frustrated because they find out the domain's already taken. So they do a who is search, trying to figure out who owns it, and then they find out uh-huh. they own it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that would happen to me too. I can believe it. Right. Yeah. So we've uh, so we've uh, accomplished a lot here in uh, less than an hour's time, and we have about six minutes left till the top of the hour. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience on this topic of content marketing before we turn the floor over to you to show them how they can get started? Um, I think people just need to not – the biggest is, A, you have to do content marketing if you're going to push your business forward. Um, and it's thinking about what what resonates with you best. You know, do you find it easy to write blogs? Do you – you know, if you're not comfortable with video, it, it's okay. I mean, I did it anyways and became comfortable with it. But, um, right. you know, finding what what you know is doable, right? Like, I know it's doable for me to write blogs. I mean, I do it all now. But what is your comfort zone to start with and creating a plan? And, you know, if you do need guidance and a strategy to, to, to get help. And don't feel that you need to do it all on your own. I mean, if your niche is, you know, being a tax coach, that's your area of expertise. You don't know, have to know how to you know, load a video and promote it and put it on your website and how podcasts work. It's You don't need to know everything. There are experts out there that can do it for you so that you can do what you do best and what you love. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 for, and for those out there who are savvy enough to upload their own videos or do their own blog posts, I say – Good for you. Uh, you don't have to outsource it just because somebody says to outsource it. There's yeah. somebody I know, I, somebody I know, and uh, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, you know the guy personally. Uh, he is a seven-figure business coach, uh, and I mean he was—he's been in this. He's been a, a luminary in the industry for ten years, and he was a client of ours for about six months way back in the beginning of my business. Uh, this is back when I owned the web development firm that I closed down eight years ago. But uh, so just to give you an idea of how long ago this was, this guy was already clocking seven digits. And uh, he was given advice by his mastermind to hire somebody else to format his sales letters. So listening to his mastermind, he tried it. Mm-hmm. 
it didn't work for him because he found that he was not as creative when right. he was lining up his copy inside a Word document for somebody else to drop it into WordPress. So, and this was you know, right around the time when WordPress first became an actual website technology versus just a blogging technology. So we're talking yeah. like 2008. Uh, and he found that he was just creative as a copywriter when he was able to bring it to life right before his very eyes. And I wasn't going to fight him on that or – or or tell him that uh, he needed to you know be more leveraged because as I saw it he was doing the thing that was his intersection of brilliance and passion which is creating yeah. incredible copy and bringing it to light right before his very eyes. Um, however, um, he was outsourcing pretty much everything else in his business, so he chose the thing that he enjoyed doing, and there's nothing wrong with that. So if you love playing with your own videos, do it. Mm. But yeah. Exactly. Bear, 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 bear in mind, too, even with your content marketing, this is where I'm going with this, is there may be a piece of your content marketing that you love doing it yourself, so do it yourself. But if you also, like, let's say, for example, um, you want to be on Snapchat, even though it's not like the core piece of your business, but you can make an articulate business case that being on Snapchat will be good for you, that's the one you want to get a content marketing expert to help you with um, in terms of just doing it for you like maybe going mm -hmm. to the content that you create and adapting it for Snapchat. That's an example right there. Or like in, in my case, um, you know, I log into Twitter so I can exchange shout outs with people like you where we appear on each other's podcast, but that's about the extent of my involvement in Twitter. Everything else is curated. And I say that cause I, I, I don't care about Twitter really. Yeah. It's not my thing, but I recognize the importance of my business to be there. So I have smart people who build a great strategy for me. And if somebody responds to something that they post on Twitter and it's a personal response and it feels like we got a conversation going based on the alert, I'll pick it up and run with it. But the fact is I get somebody else getting the ball rolling. And that's another thing that a content marketing expert can do for you is they can get the conversation started and then you just jump in when it gets to the point where it's time for you to handle it. Totally. And the big, I mean, Lord knows I outsource to my team and promote outsourcing, but it's like even me being the control freak that I am, I still, yeah. every now and then I'm doing something and I'm like, why am I doing this? Or even still, yeah. I was writing a lot of blogs and then I thought to myself one day, okay, what is my hourly worth? If I, if it takes me an hour to do a blog, like write my own, which I still do because I do love it. Um, and then I'm like, okay, but I can outsource someone to write the blog for a third of that cost and then just take 10 minutes to tweak it. I'm like, duh, I'm like, it's a no brainer, yeah. like uh, on a dollar to dollar basis. Do you know what I mean? But if you stop and think oh, yeah. about what it is that you're doing and how much it'll cost you to outsource that, then I'm like, well, I'd be stupid not to. <laughs> right. Right. And just, and just to put on top of that, um, it's sometimes easier to edit something that already exists and started from yeah. scratch. So the plan is very valid. Uh, we have thirty. We have ninety seconds left. Thirty of them are for you. Tell us uh, how our business creators <laughs> can take the next step. You betcha. So I do have a, a client attraction. Um, how to attract more clients faster? Uh, it's movebusinessgrowth.com/slash/client-attraction. So anyone's. Um, able to pick that up. And of course, if they go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com, they can go to the start here and um, learn about uh, content marketing and how we can help as a company. And of course, check out my videos, blogs, and podcasts and all that good stuff. 
smoothbusinessgrowth.com forward slash client attraction. Did I get that right? You betcha. All right. So make sure you go there. I'm going to do it myself because I'm always looking for the slide edge. All right. So, <laughs> Lindsay Phillips, this has been very smooth sailing. Thank you very much for hanging <laughs> out with you. us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you so much. And, and say hi to your girl. You bet. I will do that. Uh, hello, Princess Alessandra. Just taking a nap now. All right. So, for everybody <laughs> listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. And... uh...